Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. Good morning. It is a key weekend for China's economy and its economic plans, with the superpower kicking off its annual two sessions in a crucial year. As it gathers steam for President Xi Jinping's new modernization drive, closely watched highlights include an official economic growth target of around 5% set for 2023, as China, the world's second largest economy, seeks to revive itself. Now, China will also expand its defense budget by 7.2%, marking a slight increase from the previous year. And the meetings will culminate in the biggest reshuffle of China's economic policy team in a decade. To help us break down all of that, we have on the line Victor Gao, Chair Professor of Suzhou University and Director at the China National Association of International Studies. Good morning, Victor. Good morning. Thank you for having me. All right, let's get right into it. First, touch on the 5% economic growth target, which is one of its lowest in decades. Would you say that's a modest figure, given that analysts are expecting robust growth following China's reopening? The GDP growth number announced by Premier Li Keqiang yesterday in the work report uh, is very prudent but highly conservative. I think the general consensus is that for 2023, the growth rate will be higher than 5%. How much higher? It is not certain. Uh, there was talk about 5.5%, 6%, or even as high as 8%. One thing to sum it up is that the growth rate for 2023 will be very robust. Mm-hmm. And China's growth rate will be much higher than almost all the other developed countries. And in a sense, China's real growth rate for 2023 may also be higher than that of India. So we are very much excited about the uh, economic performance for 2023. Let's keep our eyes wide open. All right, let's talk about military spending. The other big takeaway from Sunday's National People's Congress opening, this year's hike in defence spending marks the eighth straight single-digit increase amid rising geopolitical tensions and a regional arms race. How significant is the increase, in your opinion? Well, a couple of points. First of all, China's military spending is for defence. Is not for aggression Mm -hmm. or threatening any other countries. Secondly, if you put everything in perspective, while the growth rate itself is high, however, the absolute national spending in China compared with that of the United States is only a fraction of that of the United States. Thirdly, if you look at per capita spending on national defense, China's number is probably one of the lowest Mm -hmm. among all the major countries in the world. Further, China's national spending only accounts for about 1.3% of China's GDP, which is only probably a half of that of the United States and countries like Japan. Therefore, in whichever way you look at it, no one should be alarmed about the Chinese national defense spending. We need to be very objective about it. China faces much more complicated geopolitical situation and we need to make sure that no foreign country can bully China. 
Okay, also significantly, this year's two sessions will mark the end of a twice-a-decade reshuffle of the country's most powerful jobs, with China's Premier Li Keqiang delivering what will be his final government work report before he steps down. What is your assessment of how that report card of his is looking? Well, first of all, for 10 years, uh, mm-hmm. Premier Li Keqiang has been the head of the state council, the Chinese government, and he himself, as well as his team, have done excellent jobs in steering China's economic difficulty mm-hmm. while dealing with a very strong headwinds, both at home as well as abroad. And the three years' practice of the dynamic zero-COVID policy in China saved a lot of lives in China on the one hand, but also caused a lot of inconvenience mm-hmm. to daily lives of the people and disruption of economic development. Even against such odds, I think China's economic growth achieved 3% growth for 2022. This was a very significant number, especially comparing with all the other major economies in the world. And I would say this government is retiring with a sign of great relief because we are now about to enter into the next five years, from Mm -hmm. 2023 to 2028, And this next five years will be very crucial in Mm. terms of the overall rising up of China. And I would not be surprised if by the end of this period, China will be the largest economy in the world, if not, for example, around 2030. Mm. This will be marked in history as the most important five years to come. Talking about looking ahead into the next five years, former party boss of Shanghai, Li Qiang, is tipped to succeed Premier Li. What are his biggest challenges at this point? I think uh, the new government, headed by Mr. Li Qiang, widely expected, Mm -hmm. will need to do several things. One is to restore confidence at home and stimulate the economic development and really reorient everything that the State Council will do to economic development. We need to re-emphasize that growth and development is the hard truth and is the only hard truth that matters for China as well as for the whole world. Secondly, I think China's economy is in huge dynamic transformation. We need to seize the moment and we need to push science and technology and innovation and creativity really to the forefront, making sure that the next phase of economic growth and development in China will be marked by creativity and innovation based on science and technological breakthroughs. Now, only in doing this can we really expect longer-term, lasting Mm. economic growth for China as well as for the world. Okay, the the incoming 63-year-old Premier is also said to be President Xi's close ally, along with several others who will take on the top economic jobs. But some observers are saying that the dynamics between uh, the nation's two top leaders could also be a double-edged sword, as uh, Mr. Xi's decisions could be left unchecked. What's your take on that? No, I don't think so. I think the greater uh, unity among the top leadership of China at this particular moment in time, uh, will be greater and better for China as a whole. Mm -hmm. And further, in any other countries, for example, either in the United States, uh, in their way of government, or in the United Kingdom, in their particular way of government, for example, there is always the general agreement that the uh, top leader 
of the country or top leader of the government versus the members of the parliament, etc. There should be high consistency mm-hmm. rather than uh, inconsistency, for example. And China is not an exception. Mm-hmm. I would be surprised if anyone really wants to see disruption or inconsistency or different ways of orientation among the top leadership of China. Further, China is a country where you need to expect that this vehicle or this automobile would have all the wheels lined up in the same direction and the whole automobile will be moving in the same direction mm. rather than, for example, four wheels lined up in opposite directions. This explains the greater efficiency of the Chinese way of doing things and the coming government, economic leaders for China over the next five years should be very much in line with the major decisions made by the Central Committee of the Communist Party of China. And the major decisions actually were made at the 20th Party Congress in October 2022. We have a very clearly charted vision going forward for 2023, for the coming five years, as well as all the way till the middle of this century. We are speaking to Victor Gao, Chair Professor, Suzhou University and Director at the China National Association of International Studies. Victor, what stood out for you from uh, the weekend's meetings? Well, I think this NPC session Mm -hmm. uh, is really fleshing out all the major decisions made at the 20th Party Congress in October 2022. Mm -hmm. And we need a new lineup of leaders. We need to have new specific policies to implement the major policies already decided at the 20 parties Congress. We need to really restore the confidence among the Chinese people, especially among the Chinese consumers. We need to line up better relations between China on the one hand and the rest of the world, especially with the developed countries. And we need to really deal with strong headwinds created by one certain big country, which is also mobilizing all its allies, for example, try to disrupt China's peaceful economic development. So we have a lot of things to do at home as well as abroad. We need to have clear vision. We need to have wisdom, courage, Mm -hmm. and resourcefulness in handling all the headwinds and challenges at home and abroad. Okay, very quickly before we wrap things up, Presidency is set to secure his third five-year term as President uh, at this rubber stamp parliament. Aside from the intensive state and party revamp, what do you think is top of his to-do list? First of all, uh, President Xi Jinping's uh, re-election as the Chinese President is very much assured, and not only at this NPC session, but also you know, in, for quite a few years uh, before. And there is Uh, actually general expectation that China at this particular point in time, we actually will be better served if we have consistency at the very top of the leadership, if we have a strong leader who can defend fiercely China's national interests as well as abroad promoting the well-being of the Chinese people. So I think there is general uh, appreciation of the fact that we now have a very unified leadership at the top headed by President Xi Jinping for the coming five years, uh, if not for longer than the coming five years. And this actually bodes well for China, not only at home, but also especially in vis-a-vis the challenges that we face abroad, because we do not want to have a weak central government 
a weak leader at the very top. We need to have a very robust leadership at the very top, headed by a strong leader who can rise up to the occasion to defend China's national interest, to defend China's sovereignty and territorial integrity against attempts to hold China down and to deprive the Chinese nation of their legitimate rights of economic development. All right. Thank you very much, Victor. We will be looking out for developments out of Beijing in the coming days. We've been speaking with Victor Gao, Chair Professor, Suzhou University and Director at the China National Association of International Studies. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.